Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello, and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And before we get into it, we just want to remind you all that you may call us at 781-591-0390. You may email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. We will play your voicemails and read your emails on our now twice weekly mini episodes, Mondays and Fridays. So please send us all the things. And anything we talk about or reference will always be found on our website forever35podcast.com and you can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast and on Twitter at forever35pod. Yes. How's it going? It is going okay over here. Um, We did get coronavirus tests done today, which I'm pleased to report was like a fairly seamless experience. 
good. And, you know, no, no one in my family is having symptoms, but I wanted to just kind of err on the safe side, especially as we kind of phase here in California, phase back into kind of being around people in some situations. And, you know, I was at a vigil earlier in the week and then my entire family attended a, um, a march yesterday. And so I just am, I just am, because it is, it is free here in LA County and very accessible. I wanted to try to take advantage of that and also just kind of get my kids in the, get kids used to it because it might be something mm-hmm. we have to do more often. Yeah. And it was a very, like seamless and easy process. And for that, I am very grateful. Did you do the nose swab? Goodness, no, we did not. We did the, it's here in in LA County, they have drive-through testing. And so you have to register online and then you drive to the location and you each get a swab kit and you swab the inside. You have to like cough aggressively for five coughs and get like phlegm and spit kind of going in your mouth. And then you mm-hmm. swab the inside of your mouth, your gums under your tongue, your tongue and the roof of your mouth. And then you put that swab into a little container that has some sort of chemical in it and you shake that up and then you pass it through a two inch crack in your window to a person who grabs it with like a... Mm, like a, a utensil that picks up trash, like those little grabber oh, yeah, things. Sure. Yeah, like so uh-huh. they don't, there's, the the person who talked to us had two masks on plus one of those clear visors. I mean, it was really, it was really interesting, honestly, but it went very quickly. It took no time. There was no wait. And my kids were actually able to swab themselves, which kind of made me feel cautiously optimistic that if like we ever get into a space where they have to you know, give themselves these tests that they could handle it. And so, oh, good. Yeah. And they were both nervous. And then after my daughter was like, that was fun. It's <laughs> <was> like, oh. <laughs> I'm glad you think so, because this is our uh, life for the for the time being. But um, yeah. Yeah. I so wonder we, how they test babies. I would. Well, you could do the swab. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but I can't like tell him to cough five times. I know. Can you imagine? You might have to do the nose or have like a. I mean, I'm assuming you would have your pediatrician administer it. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Good question. Just, just curious. I don't. I don't. Henry does not have coronavirus symptoms, but I was just thinking about that when you said that people have to cough five times. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. It was that was interesting. I wasn't expecting that part of it, and then when I tried to do it, I was like dry heaving. Like I've, I don't think I've ever made myself cough. Yeah, it was. It seems like it would be easy, but it was actually strangely challenging. Where I kept like gagging. I it was that oh, was no. the worst. I'm a very I've had a very sensitive throat. Um, and then my family attended a march and a vigil here in Los Angeles yesterday, and that was, I'm was really was really moving, and I'm glad it's something that we we did with our kids. Um, we have been having a lot of conversations with them. We, we talk a lot about, you know, inequality and racial inequality and uh, all, all sorts of things in our family. Um, but we are doing it obviously more so now. And they watch the Sesame street town hall mm. and they're still talking about it. So I don't know if anyone with children um, are interested, but it, it made an impact because they have been, talking about it and referencing it 
in the 24 hours since watching it. So we did that before and we, um, you know, tried to really talk to them about what it was going to be. They've been to protests and marches before, um, but -hmm. I think they were a little apprehensive because they've been seeing a lot of the news. And so it was interesting, but you know, I think we also made strides with them and helping them to understand their white privilege, which was really interesting. Oh, cool. How? I think they started, they are starting, you know, they're older. They're seven and nine. And I think a lot of what they understand about, about racial injustice and racism is that they, they, I think they think of it as something that doesn't exist anymore because I think that's how they're, Mm. they're presented a lot of history. Mm -hmm. And I think that's on us as parents. Like, I'm not sure, you know, we, we, we talk about it in the, the present. We've talked a lot about how like their relationship to what a police officer is versus their black friends. And we're having these conversations, but I think they kind of thought like, Oh, that doesn't like, I love my black friends. This doesn't happen anymore. And I don't think they fully understood that they are that they are inherently born with a privilege just by the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they got it. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I really think they are starting to absorb what's happening and what's happening. You know, we've talked to them about <clears throat> George Floyd and police brutality. And, and I, I just think it started to click a little bit that like, oh, like this, this exists and is a thing that I benefit, like I benefit from or, or I mean, that's, yeah. it's a little bit of a hard concept to grasp, but you know, like all, we have a lot of, um, you know, we have a book about Harriet Tubman and a book about Rosa Parks and they do a lot. They really like deeply understand the message of Martin Luther King in a way that like I did not at the age of seven. Um, but that's all like historical, right? So yeah, they don't yeah, see it. Yeah. In the, they don't, I don't think they were seeing it in the present context. So anyway, this, interesting. this is ongoing work that I and my husband and I are really thinking about as parents. And I think that's, you know, it's something that we've always thought about. But I, but conveniently, because of our white privilege, we can be like, ah, oh. you know, like this is, mm-hmm. it's not something that is inherently a part of our existence. So I, I, Really, this is, I mean, I feel like the more that my consistent practice of anti-racism and unlearning is part of that is, is raising them to be better than me, hopefully. Mm. So that is what I have been thinking a lot about in the past week with them. That's a really powerful sentiment. Oh, thanks, Dory. And I mean, the, the vigil that we went to and the, the, the uh, march we went to was really, it was packed and it was was wonderful and people were still socially distanced and respectful of space. But I will tell you a a humorous anecdote is that my seven year old farted through the entire vigil. Oh my god! Um, which was very embarrassing, and I didn't quite know how it was like being on a plane, you know, when someone's farting and you're just like we're totally. all in this like space and everyone and that was very. Um, you was know, it she, loud? Nope, it just smelled really bad, and I like oh my God. she's she's seven, and she like you know she like yelled oh her God. heart out. She was chanting along with people. She marched, she stood patiently, but then like 
she's still a kid who doesn't understand like the boundaries of polite society and was just just letting it rip wow that's my update anyway wow okay so that's what's going on over here hopefully hopefully our coronavirus tests come back negative and um we clear that hurdle yeah i hope so I'll keep you posted. I mean, we do podcast three times a week, so you will find out in real time. We do. And we we text a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't just... I, I mean, like the audience, our listeners will find out. Yes, our listeners I will. I promise yes. to not withhold that information until a recording okay. session. <laughs> Thank would you. Be, Thank you so much. That would be like real weirdo reality TV move if I didn't tell you. And then if we you got you saved on. it for the pod. <laughs> yeah. No. That would be so <laughs> whack. Okay. Uh, how are you doing over there? You know, I'm doing okay. <laughs> that is, I want to say, that might be kind of your general statement. I am doing... Uh, that I'm like, I'm... Okay. Fine slash okay. Like, I'm not great. I'm not great. But I'm fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you need not be great. Right. But I also want to be upfront about the fact that I'm fine. Good. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I totally do know what I mean. Um so yeah, I've been you know, in my in my sort of ongoing practice of being a better ally in my day-to-day life and not just in times of crisis and not just in you know, performative or demonstrative actions um, and not just about donating money. Like I'm, and I'm doing all those things. I'm doing the performative actions. I'm doing the donating money. I'm doing the actions in time of of crisis, but I also am like really making an effort to do these things in my day-to-day life. And so I just want to talk about a couple of things that I did in the last few days that were, I was like nervous about them. Um, and then they, spoiler, um, they, they turned out really to be like really rewarding conversations. Um, so the first thing that happened is last week, the organization that runs my son's play group, which isn't happening in real life anymore with the parents meet once a week on zoom with the same facilitator who led the play group when we could still meet. Um, so they sent out a sort of like I, I would I would characterize it as a as a tepid <laughs> statement of solidarity email, um, and you know I was glad they sent it, but I was also sort of like meh, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. like yeah. really this is this is it. So I responded and I asked how they are planning on making the organization more diverse, both in terms of the kids that are there and the facilitators. And I haven't received a response yet. And that was Wednesday night. And today is Monday night. So I followed up again over email today. But I brought it up. So in addition to that, I brought it up on our weekly Zoom with our facilitator. And she was super receptive and kind of told me about the struggle that she has had Um she is a white presenting woman of color. So she was talking about how she's kind of been on, she's been able to be 
on both sides of it in a in a way that is sometimes uncomfortable for her. Um, and she expressed her frustration with particularly the board of this organization, which she said is mostly white and male and older. Um, and she was like taking notes about what I was saying and said she was going to bring it to the CEO. And then, and she, you know, she was very grateful that I'd raised it. And then the rest of like we had a pretty productive conversation then about raising anti-racist kids um, kind of within the philosophy that we, um, I guess, subscribe to, um, which is at its core, a humanistic philosophy, and yet doesn't do the best job, I think, at being deliberately inclusive. So mm. this was something that had been on my mind, kind of on in the back of my mind for a while. And this you know, the events of the last couple of weeks have spurred me now to be more vocal about it. Um, and like, I'm really, I really don't want to stop going to this play group, whether virtually or in real life. But I, you know, I'm prepared to quit if I don't get a response or the response is kind of mediocre, which tepid. is, yeah, tepid. Yeah. So that was something that I was like, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm glad I kind of took this stand. Like, it feels like a small thing, but it also feels like the more people who can speak up about this stuff, the more like systemic change that's going to happen. And the more that people will know that they're on notice and organizations yeah. will know that they're on notice. So that was one thing. And then another thing that happened is I had accepted a freelance writing assignment about a month ago and I did all the reporting and kind of as I was doing the reporting, I was sort of like, I don't know if like this is really the time to be writing this piece. And even beyond that, I don't, I actually now don't know if I feel totally comfortable writing this piece um, without going into too much detail. I just felt like it was a story about very privileged people and it just didn't really, it wasn't sitting right with me. And then he checked in, the editor checked in a few days ago and just asked, you know, how this, how the piece was coming. And I just realized today that I just, I can't write this piece. Like it just doesn't feel like what, like, I don't want to take up space with this piece, I guess is what it came down to. Um, and I was nervous about saying anything because I hate, like, it felt like I was flaking. Um, it's also money. It was a freelance assignment. So I was going to get paid for it. It's also, you know, a byline. It's also an editor who I like and I don't want to jeopardize my relationship with. So I was, I was nervous about saying anything. But I did this morning and he emailed me right back and he was like, you know, I totally agree with you. We shouldn't run this piece. Um, and, you know, I hope we can work together on something else. So I was just like, so happy that I'd said something um, and just really heartened by his response while simultaneously recognizing that I am in a position of extreme privilege to even be able to turn down this work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to be 
asked to do this article. Like I didn't pitch this article. They asked me to write it. Um, which, you know, is a, is also a function of having worked in this industry for 15 years and knowing a lot of people, but that is, you know, I'm just, there's been a lot of talk this week in particular about privilege in media. And so I've been thinking a lot about that. Um, so that was also just a thing that I was thinking about as I told this editor that I wasn't going to be able to complete the assignment. What's your, what's your kind of like takeaway from these experiences and from having them, having them be things that you were hesitant about or just nervous about and then following through and, and the outcome, what's your kind of like, I don't want to say like, what did you learn? Cause that sounds so obnoxious, but what's kind of like the impression it leaves you with, especially about, about like about actions that you can take. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I, I generally don't shy away from confrontation, but I think a blind spot for me has been in terms of race and confronting other white people about racial issues. And so I hope that these experiences racial issues, privilege issues. Um, I hope that these experiences will kind of inspire me to do more, call it out when I see it, not be afraid of what people's reactions are going to be, be okay with the potential of like burning a bridge, Mm -hmm. losing work, having someone be upset with me, Um, you know, kind of sitting with that. Yeah, that's really powerful, Dory. Thanks, Kate. You're, Thanks for coming on this journey with me. <laughs> you, I will thank you for coming on this uh, journey with me. You you went on a live journey in front of our oh, Instagram I, followers this Friday. I sure did. Last Friday. Um, so last week we talked about a lot of Black-owned beauty and wellness businesses. And that episode came together really quickly. And I unfortunately had not had time to... And because we're in a pandemic... Uh, you know, I, I didn't have time to procure the actual things we were talking about before we recorded, but I had ordered them um, and they've all started to come. And so I'd gotten the fast face kit from the lip bar, which was the um, kit of six different makeup items that you're supposed to be able to do in seven minutes. And like, it's a full, beautiful face of makeup. And it's $99 um, for the kit, right? It's $99 and you get a foundation, you get a palette with like blush, face powder, highlighter and contour powder. Um, you get a eyebrow. It's like a dual sided thing with like a, a gel kind of mascara wand on one side for your eyebrows and then an eyebrow pencil. You get an eyeliner you get a mascara and you get a liquid lipstick and you get, and then you get a dual sided brush also. And they also send you like a makeup bag to keep it all in. Okay. So that is a really good price point because I whipped out my calculator and I divided 99 by seven and that comes to $14 and 14 cents per item. So I just want to point. Yeah, no, I mean, foundation alone. I feel like, like a nice, like a non drugstore foundation is going to run you at least $30 alone you can pay like Um, 60 bucks 70 bucks yeah so no it's it's a really good price point um i thought the quality of everything was really nice so so friday night i was like hey what am i doing 
Like, I, I got nothing else going on. Why don't I just fire up the old Instagram live and like do this face kit in front of our Instagram followers? At first, I was just going to record a video and then I was like, fuck it. I'm going live, baby. <laughs> Woo. Tony's going and out I, there. I texted Kate and I was like, hey, just a heads up. <laughs> gonna jump on our instagram live and you were like what right now and i was like yep see ya and i had had uh i think i had had a cocktail so i um i I jumped in and watched it was very exciting Yeah, you sure did yeah um it was really fun i have to say i actually had a really good time and people people were so sweet and like we're asking questions and following along and it was clear like it was not staged i had not opened this before like i couldn't figure out how to open the eyebrow pencil and um but it was really cool i actually really liked how i looked in the end um you know what's funny i tuned in when you just started and you were applying the foundation with a brush and then i and then i hopped off because i was hanging out with my family and then i hopped back on with your like full face (laughs) and it was amazing it looked great especially (laughs) your eyes Like the liner, the mascara, the brow, the eye color was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, a someone who was watching because it doesn't come with eyeshadow, and someone who was watching, I was like, oh, I usually wear eyeshadow, and they were like, you can just slap some of that contour powder on, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, that's such a good idea. So I did that, and then I I put a little highlighter under my brow bone. And was it as quick as promised? Like, did it really just take? Well, it was hard to say because I was doing it in front of an audience and kind of talking it through. Like, sure. I think if I'd just been doing it myself, I would probably would have been able to do it in close to seven minutes. But because I was yapping, it took <laughs> it took gracious. like half an hour. Um, but no, it was really fun. And I totally want to do more. Also, I want to say that a couple of the brands that I ended up buying some stuff from... Um, Beneath the Mask and Clur, I I got emails or saw Instagram posts in the last couple of days that they are totally sold out, and yes. they're only taking they're taking pre orders now for stuff that will ship um, later this month. That's amazing, isn't that so cool? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so um, yeah, I oh, and I tried Beneath the Mask. The Beneath the Mask stuff came too, and I tried their scrub, which is awesome. I, I love it. Uh, love it. Uh, oh, this is the body scrub, right? Yes, this is a body scrub. And I, as I believe I mentioned on last week's episode, I'm not a huge body scrub person typically. Um, but this body scrub is really, really nice. It smells amazing. I love the texture. It's packaged beautifully. It is a higher price point, just in you know full disclosure um but you know if you can if you can swing it i i highly recommend it and their the moisturizer i got from them is also really nice it's super thick um which you know i love my skin just drinks it up and then the hanahana shea butter came today and i haven't had a chance to try it yet but i i smelled it it smells amazing i got the eucalyptus shea butter as you may recall. You're just all exfoliated and moisturized over there. I sure am. I wish I could see your glow. 
Oh, well, I'll text you a selfie. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, I'm really excited about our guest. I am too. Let's let's take a break so we can get right to it. Okay. Be right back. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Hey, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat 
gold jewelry and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be Redefining feminism with glorious dynamic. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Our guest today is Tiffany Moon. Tiff, we're so excited to have you on Forever 35. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, Tiff is a lifestyle blogger known as the Northern Belle of the South, who thrives on transparency, has a love for fashion, and is a natural hair enthusiast as well as Curly Girl. She also uses her platform to show other bloggers how to succeed within the influencer marketing world by sharing tips every Monday on her Instagram page. A native of Connecticut, Tiff currently lives in Raleigh, North Carolina with her husband and daughter. Um, Well, we love your Instagram. We love your blog. Really excited to chat with you. And 
yeah, I guess do you want to just start by telling our listeners how you became an influencer and what that work has been like for you? Sure. Um, so originally when I moved to North Carolina, um, it was really just something to kind of take up my time. Um, and then also an outlet for me. Um, I've always had a love for fashion, but then it kind of morphed into more. I'm somebody who always puts myself in a box and I realized, uh, very quickly that it could be more than just, um, a fashion blog, you know, like I could touch on infertility, which I have, I can touch on marriage, um, interracial relationships, like a lot of different things. So very quickly it became an outlet for me, but it also became a place to connect and uplift other women. And Mm -hmm. it took off from there. Um, once I realized that I could monetize, um, and begin linking my outfits and different things that people ask me for anyways, uh, Mm -hmm. that, that was really a game changer. I think that's a lot of game changer for a lot of influencers. And I think that's when everything started to kind of pick up and, um, and gain a lot of momentum. So it's definitely been a journey to say the least. Um, certainly not without hiccups. Um, but I've learned from all of it, you know, it's been a great phenomenal. It's been two years now. So it's been really, yeah, it's been a great two years. Um, I've enjoyed every step of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, 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 now it's kind of morphed into something else again. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really changed. It's it's interesting to see. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about the work you've been doing lately? I think that's how we both first encountered your Instagram was seeing your campaign to call out brands who have not been working with black influencers and kind of talking about the steps that we can take to hold brands accountable. Sure. So originally, um, it started with uh, George Floyd's death. And then um, I I began to speak out about it. And then in actually in speaking to my daughter, she kind (laughs) of held me accountable. And, Mm. and in so many words told me, you know, when I was talking to her about it and asking her not to watch the video, because she's 10. And I knew there was a chance that she could see it. She had mentioned some of her friends had seen it. I said, um, you know, I, I don't want you watching it. And we began to talk and she said, is this a talk about racism? And I said, yes. And then at the end of it, like when I was telling her everything that had happened, she said, I, you know, I don't want to die because of the color of my skin. And then she was just like, and the other thing is people who need to speak up aren't speaking up. Mm. And I was like, you know, at first I was like, you're absolutely right. They're not. And then I was like, holy crap, she's talking about me. <laughs> wow. I have a platform. Wow. I can speak up. Right. And I'm not. And she, she's turning 10. I was like, oh my God. Like I, I, I literally just got like served by a nine-year-old. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and raised her, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really. She's like a little me. And sometimes I'm just like, darn it. Oh, <laughs> this is what my mom was talking about. <laughs> but um, I promised her that from that point on, um, she would see what action looked like, you know, because to me, I didn't yeah. want it to be just, my mom said she was going to do this. I wanted her to see tangible things that she can look back on and say, my mom really stood for this and she believed in it and she pushed for myself and for the future. Um, and so I immediately got on my Instagram. I started reaching out to a lot of the big influencers. Some I had relationships with, some I didn't. And I was like, Hey, like we need to be addressing this. We need to speak up. And then I realized those, some of these influencer household names, 
These brands are absolutely household names. And these brands are touching people in impoverished neighborhoods and in very affluent neighborhoods. So for them not to speak out, I was just like, this is, this is crazy. Like, especially because we work with these brands and I leaned on some relationships I had, um, some that I didn't and just began like addressing the brands. Originally, I kind of sent them DMs Mm. and then, um, I was, what did you say? What did you say in those DMs? Yeah. So um, in the DM, I really tried to see both sides of it. And I told them, you know, as an African-American female, it, 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 and I said the words hurt. I said, it hurts me that you guys have not spoken up. Um, you, this is something that I've invested my time and money in. And it's just unfortunate, you know, the, the amount of money and the power that the minority market has with regards to um, sales is insane. So for you to not speak on something that is affecting an entire market, um, a demographic is, is asinine to me. And I said, I understand if you're afraid, but I rather you say something than nothing at all. Because if you say nothing at all to me, you are complicit. And like, it's just unacceptable at this time, um, this time in the world, like you have to speak up. And some brands were great. Um, some responded and said, you're absolutely right. We're sorry. Um, we're going to speak up. Can you give us a little bit to get our, our words together? We're going to make, um, you know, we'll put, we'll put out a public word tonight. And I was like, absolutely. Other ones didn't respond, um, at all until the Buzzfeed article came out. And then once the article came out, yeah, yeah. Then it was like very quickly brands, um, were responding and talking about it and pledging to do better, um, and, you know, not just speak about it, but also make sure that they are um, really showing and campaigning for diversity and inclusion. You know, you can't really talk about it if you don't have it in your company. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't work. Um, so that's how it happened. And and it's very quickly, my platform has changed really into something completely different. A lot of my friends, it's really funny. Like um, one of my good friends, Shaquita, who's a really big blogger, was like, you're like a modern day Rosa Parks. And I was like, not at all. And she's like, yeah, I don't think you realize like you're really on the front line. Um, so it's, yeah. it's, it's really turned into something else, but I'm thankful for it. You know, it's opened up a lot of doors for a lot of people outside of myself. It has really, yeah. um, you know, paved the way for, for our future and our kids, you know, to, to have these conversations and not be afraid. So I wouldn't take any of it back. Tiff, can I ask you a question? Um, and this is Absolutely. something I heard you mention in an interview that you did, um, with, I believe, the local Raleigh News, mm-hmm. you said you wanted to know what these brands or what brands are going to be doing to fight against systemic racism, both internally and in the world in six weeks, in six months, and in six years. And that really, mm-hmm. I wrote that down because that really resonated with me. Because I think right now we're obviously seeing a real flurry of action, both from influencers and from mm-hmm. larger brands. And how how do we make sure that this isn't just uh, lip service, right? Like how how right. do you advise people to stay on top of kind of calling these organizations out so that there are changes happening six weeks from now and then more changes in six months and six years? You know, as someone asked me recently, like what, where do you want this to go? And my only response was like, we are literally in like the ideation phase, you know, everything is, everyone's so passionate, everybody's so fired up about this, it's being covered in the media, which I partly believe it's being covered in the media so much, because we're right, we're very close to the presidential campaign. So there's a lot riding on this. Um, But I think, I I hope it doesn't die. And so I started um, 
a, a hashtag campaign that I, I'm going to con- kind of continue to work on and build off of, but it's called Go Beyond the Feed. Um, and I think that's probably one of the biggest things. I think holding brands accountable, you know, so like not really following this when it's trending, but following it and speaking on it when it's not trending. I think it's going to be yeah. one of the biggest things, especially for influencers. Um, the other thing is leaning on those contacts, you know, leaning on those contacts, holding them accountable, saying, hey, this is what you promised. You promised that there was going to be more diversity within your leadership staff. How does that look? What are you guys doing? I mean, for me, I've been an admin for years. Um, I'm an admin to three senior vice presidents. And I always see them talk in the future, the present and the past. And so Mm. for me, I was like, okay, well, six weeks is tangible, you know, because six weeks will kind of, you'll kind of, you'll be able to get a good temperature check of where people are in six weeks, six months, you will really see where someone's head is. But six years from now, you will really see what they put into motion to do to, to, to pave the way um, for those changes. Um, and so I honestly, one of the brands asked me, you know, what can, what can we do? And I was like, well, for one, you need to start with, again, auditing your circle auditing your leadership and seeing where the gaps are because you cannot yeah. have conversations on diversity and inclusion if you if your your circle's not even diverse you know you, you can't it's impossible um, and the other thing I suggested they do is g- bring on a diversity and inclusion consultant that that's an actual role there are people who have those jobs who can audit your company and tell you what you need to do and mm-hmm. it's someone from the outside sometimes it's very hard to see what's wrong when you're inside of it. This is somebody from the outside, you know, it's a third person. They don't know what's going on. They just know this is what your company is made of. Here's what you need to do. The other thing I told one of the brands is why don't you develop um, a diversity and inclusion panel? Have a diversity panel made up of several different people, several different backgrounds, and don't have it just be leadership. Have it be desk level employees, mid level manager, and then executive leadership. That way you're getting a view from all facets of your company versus just from an executive. Because again, it's very easy for you to be that high and be completely removed from what is going on in the world as we, you know, as we see today. Yeah. You know, Tev, I'm, as you're talking, I'm thinking like, wow, this is so amazing. You've done all this in such a short amount of time. You're, you're affecting actual change. Um, But I'm wondering, you know, why is it only up to black women, only up to black influencers to be doing this work? Like why aren't white influencers also kind of taking up this call or are they? And I just don't know it. Um, I think they are, you know, it's funny. I had, yeah, I think they actually are. I had highlighted, um, or I had planned to today, um, to highlight black content creators that I currently follow and and really enjoy, but also highlight white allies. Because I think with everything that is going on, I, I, and and myself included, I think we fall short of highlighting the people who are actually allies and trying to make this change. Um, I have seen some white influencers really step up to the plate. Um, They have sent me DMs. They have said, do you want to hop on the phone? Are you okay? What do you need from me? What can I do? If you just need an ear, do you need me to um, put you in contact with some of my brand connections and which floored Mm -hmm. me. And I was just like, oh my goodness, like this is, this is what humanity is about. Like, this is what it means to put humanity over your reputation and for brands to put humanity um, over profit. So I certainly wouldn't say that it's only African-American content creators, because I really have seen some actually 
Hispanic creators to really come mm-hmm. to bat and say like, this isn't just a problem with the African-American community. This is all of our problem because quite frankly, all of our children are going to have to have these conversations, have to deal with this and have to deal with whatever mess that we don't clean up now or begin to chip away at. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm glad to hear that. And I think that that is also something like you were saying, you know, when we are not in a moment of crisis, how are people, are people still going to be doing this work? Um, Right. And that's, that's going to be the question. Yeah. And I, I, I think about that just as a white person and an ally and someone striving for allyship, like it, it resonates with me as an individual, as well as thinking about it in terms of larger corporations or more influential people. Right. It's important, you know, it's important. I think, I think it's, it's important to have a diverse circle. I think it's important to highlight, you know, what everyone is doing versus just us in the African-American community, because it's it's very easy to forget. Yeah. Are there, can you kind of mention any brands that you feel like are really walking the walk right now in terms of their responses to George Floyd's death and kind of what plans they have set in motion to combat systemic racism? Um, so it's a, it's interesting. In the last 24 hours, I have seen three, I think their editor in chiefs stepped down. So Bon Appetit. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, that that really rocked my world. Um, I'm going to get this wrong because I always say it wrong. Bando, I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, Bando. Yep. And then there was one more big one. And I was like... There was Refinery29. Yes, which I love. I was so shocked because I love Refinery29. Um, and I think some people would say, well you know, they're stepping down too late or they're speaking up too late, but they're not, they didn't just speak up. These are senior level executives who literally stepped down and said, and one of them, I think it was Bon Appetit stepped aside and he said, you know, I need to make way for diversity and I need to make way for other people to come up and to essentially put my money uh, where my mouth is, which to Mm -hmm. me, it, it really like it settled in my stomach. Like I was like, this this is action. This is putting your money where your mouth is. This is really, really stepping forward and saying, we're going to make a change. Um, Pink Lily, uh, Pink Lily Boutique, I think they actually did really well, um, very quickly stepping up and and speaking out and trying to not really get in front of the curve, but I guess get in the curve and make sure that they're doing their part. Uh, Shop Red Dress Boutique, um, Diana, she has been phenomenal about addressing what is going on. Um, She immediately was like, listen, I know everybody wants things to change very quickly, but due to COVID, it's going to be very hard for us to change our feed within 24 hours. Give me a little bit of time. I'm going to start having models come in. You will begin to see African-American models and uh, models of all types of ethnicities hitting this feed. And Mm -hmm. when I say she did it, she really did it. Uh, The photos on her feed are beautiful. Um, she has gotten on her Instagram stories daily to talk to everyone. And, and she talked this morning about saying, you know, it's really sad when you don't want to be a better version of yourself. And she said, Mm -hmm. you know, how miserable is that to not want to be a better version? She said, I am my own competition. And I, I push myself to be better than I was yesterday. This is my, this is my goal. I'm going to keep pushing. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to stand behind what I said, and you guys will see it. Now you'll see it in the future and you'll see it in the certainly further in the future. So for me, those are the brands that are really, really and truly um, really stepping up and 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 making us feel like, you know, 
were heard, you know, especially the brands that yeah. are not minority owned. I, I think it really yeah. makes a really big impact when they do this. What would you suggest consumers do to pressure brands right now? Um, I think we are at a day and age where social media literally can make or break a campaign. Um, ironically enough, um, you know, people don't really look to the TV anymore for commercials and marketing. It's social media. And so I think that is a good and a bad thing. I think for right now, consumers who are truly concerned about this and want to speak out, I would say, get on social media, get on social media, um, get in your Instagram stories, tag these brands, send them a personal DM and, and even maybe tell them about an experience that you had and, and why this bothers you so much and how systemic racism is really destroying our country from the inside out and how it shouldn't have a place here. But ironically, it does. And with mm -hmm. them not speaking up, it seems like they're okay with it. I mean, I, I think a lot of people, I think in some sense, a lot of people think they have to yell and they have to scream to get a point across and you don't. Um, every conversation that I've had with any CEO of the companies within the last two weeks and even really desk level employees, I haven't screamed. I haven't yelled. You know, I used, um, I use my intelligence. I use my words. Like I tell my daughter, use your words. I use my words. Um, and I made sure they understand this is not about, this isn't aesthetics. This isn't surface level. To me, this is, I'm a black female. My daughter is half white. I am trying to show her that there is a place in the world for somebody who is black and white, that it's okay. And I, I just pulled on my experiences and made sure that they realize I'm not a stereotypical, like angry black woman. I'm upset. I'm hurt. I want to talk through this and I want to make you an ally versus an enemy because it shouldn't be that way. And it's resonated with a lot of the brands. So honestly, I would say use social media and really show them your heart and let them know like this is not, you know, it, it, it's about what I feel. It's about how it's affecting the country, everybody, not just me. You need to speak up. And you have a great um, template for people to use in contacting brands mm -hmm. that I think anyone influencer or not can use to reach out to to brands for change and we will obviously link to that but it's it's excellent and it, it gives it gives people the words to really push for change it's great yeah so a friend of mine Abby um she saw my Instagram stories where I was telling influencers essentially what to say um, to brands and how to lean on the relationships. And she DM me and said, Hey, I really want to come up with this template. Can we do this? And so I said, yeah, you know, like, absolutely. So she I, I give her credit because she though it was inspired by me, she wrote it, she sent it to me, she said, What do you think? Do you want to change anything? And I was like, this is amazing. This is spot on. This is everything I said. No, let's do it. Let's put it out. And ironically enough, I have seen people from my home state in Connecticut take it and they have called on the brands that they use like in the hair salons. I've seen nail salons use it. Um, Abby has gotten a lot of DMs. So have I with people saying that they took it and just kind of picked out key words and then use that template to talk to family and employers. Like, so it really has wow. morphed into something. Yeah. It, it's incredible. It, it's humbling really is what it is. Um, well, I'd love to switch gears a little bit and talk about some of the natural hair content that you have, that you were kind of known about known for posting um, until now. Yeah. And 
I was hoping you could talk about what your top three natural hair care products are. Oh, yeah, I would love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> top three. Uh, whoa. So I love Not Your Mother's Curls. They have a curl talk line. So um, with natural hair, it's very, very big. If you follow the curly girl routine to use things that um, are sulfate, paraben and silicone free. Not Your Mother Curl Talk line is completely sulfate, paraben, and silicone free. Um, and so they have a, I think it's a three-in-one uh, conditioner. You can use it as a co-wash, you can use it as a leave-in, or you can use it, I think, as like a pre-poo. And so I actually, I've used it for all three, um, and I love it. Um, it. It really hydrates my hair. Um, my hair is very, very coarse. Um, mm-hmm. I have three C four a hair. So it's, it's very coarse. Um, and it's very, um, low porosity. It it doesn't retain water very well. Um, so that has been like a complete godsend. Um, other thing I would say, hmm, Camille Rose, um, they have a curl. It's not curl talk. Oh gosh. They have a gel. Um, oh gosh. And it's like their signature gel. me. Is it the um, curl maker? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. So I use the curl maker and then they have a curl milk. Um, I use Mm -hmm. the two of those and it like locks in moisture. It's funny. I keep saying to my husband, I'm like, I use the curl maker and the, um, the uh, curl milk and like my forehead and like my skin is all moisturized. And he's like, isn't that what you want? And I'm like, yeah, but that's not the point. That's not the point. He's like, oh my gosh. He's like, <laughs> he's like oh, seriously. Um, but th- those three, I would say those are like my go-to three things that I love to use. And then I make rice water at home. That has really helped with my hair growth. Um, I cut my hair probably, probably within like it was like three inches, maybe it was really, really, really short to where it is now a year and a half ago. And rice water has been my go to um, really my go to uh, treatment and routine. Uh, I try to do it weekly. What is rice water? Yeah, so it is it's fermented rice. So you put rice, um, well, you clean the rice off and it has to be, uh, it can't be like Uncle Ben. So it can't be like pre washed rice, you clean the rice off, you put it into like a cup of water, Um, you put a top on it and you put it somewhere warm, not warm, but, uh, dark and cool, leave it for 24 hours. Usually if you leave it for 48 to 72, it's even better. The smell is horrible, um, because it's fermented rice. (laughs) It's really bad. So I put, um, peppermint oil because peppermint oil is known to promote hair growth. It's known to promote, um, circulation. And then it masks the smell of the rice water. So I put that all in there. I'll shake it up. I put it in usually in the cabinet in a mason jar for about 72 hours. Sometimes I do 24 hours. And then I will pour it on my hair after I am done, like washing out my deep conditioner, leave it on there for about 30 minutes. And I do that. Usually I I haven't done it recently, maybe like in the last month, but usually I do it about once a week and like the hair growth has been insane to the point. A lot of natural hair care brands have picked up on the rice water. Curl Smith has a complete line that is dedicated to rice water. Like it's like a three-step system and all of it has rice water in it because it's known to promote health and growth. Yeah. And then Myel Organics just came out with a rice water line that from what I'm told. And when I went to look, um, it sold out like in a day, like of everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. So it is it has really um, been on the forefront um, for natural, um, the natural hair community. Um, 
Can you also talk about some of your self-care practices and are you able to practice self-care during this time? You know, not as much as I want to. Um, not not as much as I want to. So one of my girl, I called, I reached out to two of my girlfriends and I was like, listen, like we can have a self distancing. I live in an apartment complex. I said, we can have a self distancing party on the, um, the rooftop of our parking deck. I was like, but I just need to touch base with you guys. Like, I just need to talk. I just need girl talk. Like I just, I just need snacks and wine and I just need it. I was like, because this is, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really heavy and it's a lot. So for me, that is really big um, for my self-care um, practices. Um, the other thing is, you know, especially being in quarantine and working from home, um, my husband is very good about giving me space. And so he and I, like, if I'll be like, hey, can I have the bedroom for a couple of hours just to kind of have some time myself and watch a movie and, you know, just decompress. And he's like, yeah, I'll hit the couch. You hang in the bedroom. I'll keep Bella out here. Don't worry about it. You know, enjoy your quiet time. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but pre quarantine, like I would go out with my girlfriends for mimosas, or, you know, I would go and get a pedicure by myself, or just go walk around the mall, not even purchase anything, just kind of go walk around the mall and people watch and enjoy myself. Um, but between quarantine and everything, the unrest in the country, it's been really difficult. Um, and it's been really difficult as of late to do it because I feel like being, you know, having the platform that I have that, um, that I have to keep going and I can't stop and I have to keep and keep and keep talking and, you know, be on my Instagram stories every morning at seven o'clock because people are like, we start our morning listening to you, you know, we're counting on you. Um, but yeah, yeah. So it's a lot, but uh, like today I decided to come to my girlfriend's house, um, and work from her house. Um, we're both working from home. So I was like, I'm coming over. She ordered lunch and it's been so relaxing. I brought my puppy with me. She has three puppies. The dogs were playing. I'm in her spare bedroom, just hanging out. And it's like, I'm, I'm productive, but I'm also caring for myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's That's, been rough though. That is the, that is the, an interesting balance, right? Trying to, trying to strike actually the, the being productive, but also making sure that you're getting cared for. Right. And that's, that's hard to find, especially I imagine right now. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. But it's important. I, I know it's important. So I'm trying to practice what I preach and make sure I take some time for myself because I'm, you know, I'm no good to anybody if I'm not even good to myself. Yeah. Can I ask you as a fellow um, parent of a tween daughter, is there yeah. anything that you are modeling for your 10 year old in terms of, in terms of self-care and what, and what you hope that means for her? Yeah. So it's funny for her. She, um, she's very big on bubble baths. She's very big on mani pedis. Um, she has long, gorgeous hair that's literally down to her butt and it's curly. And so she's very big on hair care. And so I will tell her a lot of the time, like she was in private school and it was very, very rigorous. And then she did tutoring after that. And we're just really big on academics. And so I would say, she would say like, mommy, like I'm really tired. Like you're, you're, you're putting too much on me. Like you're asking too much. And I was like, well, if you're able to tell me that I'm asking too much, I probably am asking too much of you. And if you're saying that it's clear that you need a break. So I was like, how about a bubble bath? Like, do you want a bubble bath? And she's like, yeah, can I get some bath bombs? And I'm like, yeah, let's go to Lush, pick out some bubble baths that you like, you know, get you some bath bombs and you take that time. You tell me what you need. I'm literally going to be your maid 
for the entire afternoon or evening, you just soak and enjoy yourself. And she, she gets like little, um, like anytime we have like a, a holiday or anything small, like even Easter, I'll get her like little face mask and I'll be like, Hey, go use one of your face masks and just kind of lay out on your bed and play like some relaxing music, have Alexa play. Like I recently learned she'll play, um, rain on the windowsill. And I was like, just have your Alexa play that and just relax and, you know, just, just block out everything, turn everything off, turn your phone off. And she does. And I think, for me, it, it taps into that girly side of her, that feminine side that she wants to nurture and that she's going into. It makes her feel like, okay, my mom is treating me like I have an opinion, like I am turning into a young woman. And, you know, and then it also just kind of reiterates that you have to take care of yourself. Like, this is important. Sometimes I just let her do her own deep conditioner and I have a hooded dryer at home. And I'm like, get under the dryer, act like you're at the salon and put your headphones in and zone out. Do what you got to do, girl. Like, <laughs> let me know if you need anything. I'll bring you some orange juice, whatever. Like you want snacks? Okay, not a problem. I'll do it. Um, and she's been good about it. The other thing is I let her go to my sister's house. Um, my sister is really an outlet for her. They're very, very close. I had my daughter when I was, I got pregnant when I was 19. I had her when I was 20. And her and my sister are so close. It's insane. Um, sometimes my mom is like, the two of you act like sisters instead of like, that's your niece. And my sister's just like, oh, we, we all grew up together. I mean, <laughs> what do you want from us, mom? And um, so she'll be like, can I go to Kiki's house? And I'm like, yep, you, you want to go to Kiki's? And she's like, yeah. And she'll go to my sister's house and they'll play in nails. And my sister will let her cook and, you know, bake. And she'll talk to her about like, why cooking is important and how you can give back by cooking. And she'll be like, you know, we can go take some to the neighbor who's elderly. Like it's, it's really good. So I just try and allow her be an individual and kind of learn on her own what self-care means to her. Cause you know, it looks different to all of us and then just play off of that. And I, I just kind of follow her lead. And then she feels like she has a voice. Like she doesn't just feel like I'm just telling her like, we'll go sit down and, and read a book and you know, that that'll mm-hmm. take your mind off of everything. Cause I know that's not the case. Oh, you sound like an awesome mom. I try. I, yeah. I really try. It, it's it, hard. It, was, it is. It, <laughs> it really is, especially giving birth at 20. Like, yeah. Yeah. We literally grew up together. I say it all the time. And I like, I truly mean it. Like we literally grew up together, but I, I would not change it for the world. I mean, um, doctors told me that she, she wouldn't make it. They had me on bed rest from three months and I delivered her at eight months. So uh, to me, like she is my dream baby. I love her two pieces. And I just want to make sure, you know, because I don't know if I'm going to have any more kids. I don't even know if I can. Um, so to me, I just, you know, I want to get this right the first time around. I don't want her to be the guinea pig. Yeah, you've you've blogged and written about your struggles with infertility. Um, and that's something that I've struggled with. I have a 13-month-old that took couple, I don't even know, two years of IVF, three years, like it's all blur at this point. Um, (laughs) And it's, it really takes a toll on you. Um, And I'm just, I'm wondering how you're, how you're doing with that right now. Um, You know, I think sometimes I'm just like, you know, God, you work in mysterious ways because with all of this happening and, and, you know, being literally, I feel like a modern day activist, it is really taken my mind off of trying to get pregnant. Um, Mm -hmm. when my husband and I, first of all, when we had our miscarriage, I was at work and literally thought I was having 
a kidney stone. Like I thought I was passing kidney mm-hmm. stone because I had gallbladder issues. And I was like, oh my God, it's a kidney stone. I called my doctor. She said, we'll go to the ER. And, you know, it's probably a kidney stone. And I was like, oh, and I was just so emotional. And, you know, we got there and my doctor's like, or the, the surgeon was like, um, the ER doctor's like, you're pregnant. And then, like my husband and I started laughing. We were like, what? No, we're not. And they're like, uh, yeah, you are. And this is a threatened miscarriage. So, you know, they were like, you can go on bed rest. It, it literally was like deja vu for me. It was like, oh my God, I am doing this all over again. This is literally what happened with Bella. But, but this, that time I was a single mom. This time I have a partner here to help me. Um, and it was the roughest two weeks, I think of our marriage. It was very, very hard. Um, you know, it, it was really difficult. It was really, really difficult. And from that point, when we lost the baby, we said, okay, well, you know, there has to be a reason. We're just going to believe that the reason is something that we don't know. And let's go see the fertility specialist. And so we saw the fertility specialist. They said, well, you know, we can, we can try these routes and we can, and we don't have to go straight to IVF. Um, we can try, um, you know, just timed intercourse, artificial insemination. And so we were like, oh, okay. And let, let's do it. And then I went to the doctor and they were like, you have a cyst in your ovary, so we can't give you the trigger shot this time or your pills. And I was like, oh my God, <sighs> okay. You know, my menstrual is irregular anyway. So I'm like, okay, God mm-hmm. knows like how long till we're going to be able to try again. And yeah. then COVID happened and then all this happened. And it's just like, we haven't even had time to think about it. Um, yeah. My husband said to me the other day, we have a good life. We have a good life. We have a beautiful mm. daughter. Um, he raises her as his own. And he was like, if we can't, it's okay. Like maybe you are destined to just be Bella's mom and to help people in a different capacity. And that's okay too. So I, it is literally pushed to me to honestly focus more on Bella and mm. what I have presently versus what I want, um, in mm. the future. So I, I'm at, a, I'm at a place of peace. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really at a, I, su- surprisingly, I am really at a pay- place of peace and, and I'm okay. You know, I'm okay with it. If we yeah. don't get pregnant again, then that's okay. I got chills as you were talking. Um, that's, I mean, your husband sounds amazing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Your He's husband incredible. sounds amazing also. Yeah. 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 Well, I, you know, I, I wish the best for you, whatever mm. you end up deciding to do, whatever ends up happening for you. Um, Thank you. I, I wish you both the best. Um, and I think that's actually a, a good note to end on. Um, yeah. Tiff, where can our listeners find you? Yeah. So on Instagram, it's the Northern Bell of the South. Um, I am on Twitter. I'm not very active on it, but uh, my Twitter is Tiff, T-I-F-F, Turner Moon. Um, and then my blog, uh, the Northern Bell of the um, which is really where I share a lot of, you know, my stories and what's going on with me. Well, it was truly a pleasure to talk to you. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid forties, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I know. visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like 
crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Well, we're back. I love Tiffany. Yeah, I, I, I am so inspired mm-hmm. to really kind of get down to work and do my due diligence mm-hmm. and really thinking about, I mean, I'm going to talk more about this in my intention, but not just, not just holding brands accountable, but also holding ourselves accountable for how how we utilize our power as consumers. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Just something I know I'm really, I've been really thinking about. So it was great to get to talk to her. Yeah. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. And, and like, I'm also thinking about like overhauling my Instagram follows. Like I've already started doing it, but um, just like thinking about who I follow. Yeah. And, who I kind of take direction from when it comes to clothes and skincare and beauty. So, yeah. Well, please anyway. keep taking direction from me. Oh, always. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we didn't really do intentions last week, right? No, we didn't. I, I think the previous week I had mentioned that I needed to find a solution to the ants that are all over my house. Mm. Um, and I'm here to tell you that I haven't found a solution. I'm still cohabitating, habiting. I don't know. I live with ants now and it's fine. Mm. You know, okay. it's not a big deal. I did. I, I am. I am now understanding that you can't just like leave, eat a yogurt and then leave it on your bedside table next to the desk where you work for an hour because the ants will come. That's been a learning oh, experience. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. so now I'm learning that. So that, uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't solved it, but that'll be a project for the summer. Okay. All right. 
Um, but this... What about this week? Okay. So this week, um, you know, I was really inspired by Tiffany's work and also a lot of conversations I have been having and also seeing online and kind of taking place around me is that I really am kind of trying to take stock and acknowledge that I have not done a great job really thoughtfully curating the brands I buy from and support. I'm not consistent Mm. about the commitment I want to make to really being a conscious consumer, not like making sure things are ethically made and cruelty free, knowing who's selling it, knowing like maybe I'm buying a really great brand, but I'm buying it from a larger business that isn't that great. Like I, 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 I haven't done the best job of that. Um, Mm. And so I'm really taking stock of that. And my first step is going to be going through my makeup and my skincare products. I have so much old stuff that I need to throw out. I mean, it's like overflowing on a shelf in my bathroom. Then I'm going to review the brands that I use and like. And then I'm going to do some research to see if my values align with theirs and to really learn about what they're doing, who owns them, who's behind Mm. them, who's benefiting uh, and then I'm I'm going to kind of jot it all down and make note and really try to streamline my products. So that is my first. And then I would like to really do that kind of on a larger scale. But I'm trying to I'm trying to do small like steps because I do find like if we get too if, if the list becomes too long, then for me, at least I just like don't do any of it. Right. And I I think I hear this a lot, too, like in our conversations um, for specifically white people and, be, and becoming true allies like it's it's the it's a long it's the long haul it's not like today we're doing all the work and then tomorrow we can just like walk away and forget about it right like mm-hmm. this is if we want systemic change within ourselves and our society like we have to we are committed so it's like what can we be doing step by step by step to stay the course so that's kind of also what i'm thinking about in kind of my my life as a consumer I love that. That's a very long intention. I don't think I've ever talked that long about an intention, but here I am. Uh, How about you? Well, so my intention two weeks ago was to stay ahead of the cleaning, um, which I feel like I've talked about this. Yeah, your pot, the the cleaning that you and Matt were doing, it kind of it was going great and then it wasn't going and then great. it and then it wasn't going great yeah so i don't know it, it's an ongoing it's an ongoing project um but this week kind of along the lines that you have been talking about i want to check for black businesses before i buy anything so if i want to buy like a lipstick before i go to sephora let me mm. see if I can get it from one of these other companies that I talked about. Or if I'm buying a book, let me buy it from a black bookstore. You know, just like all of those things. I want to be a more conscious consumer when it comes to where I'm spending my money. Wait a second. Do we kind of have this a similar intention this week? It's very similar, Kate. Wow. I'm not going to lie. It's Look very similar. We are We are in line. We are We are. We are. We are in sync. We are in sync just two <laughs> planets orbiting the same sun. Do we orbit the sun? I don't even know. Oh, uh, yes, we do. Okay, thank you. I can't name all the planets and it's like a real shame spot for my entire family. Um, well, my son has a book called Eight Little Planets, so 
I've gotten very familiar with the planets lately. I still I still couldn't tell you all the planets and the order they go in. Oh, yep. Well, we'll work know, on it. I'll make that an intention sometime. <laughs> I'm going to make a note of that. Planets. I look forward to that. Okay, great. Well, Dory, it's been great yes, to talk Kate. to you. Likewise. Always a pleasure. Forever 35 is hosted and produced by me, Dory Shafrier, and Kate Spencer, mm-hmm. and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. And Sam Reed is our project manager. And we will talk to you all on Friday. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.